Section 58 of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. The World Story, Volume 12, The United States. Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 58. The Fight at Lovewell's Pond. 1725 by samuel adams drake in april 1725 john lovewell a hardy and experienced ranger of dunstable whose exploits had already noised his fame abroad marched with forty-six men for the indian village at pigwacket now fryburg maine at ossipee he built a small fort designed as a refuge in case of disaster this precaution undoubtedly saved the lives of some of his men. He was now within two short marches of the enemy's village. The scouts, having found Indian tracks in the neighborhood, Lovewell resumed his route, leaving one of his men who had fallen sick, his surgeon, and eight men to guard the fort. His command was now reduced to thirty-four officers and men. The rangers reached the shores of the beautiful lake which bears Lovewell's name and bivouacked for the night. The night passed without an alarm, but the sentinels who watched the encampment reported hearing strange noises in the woods. Lovewell scented the presence of his enemy. In fact, on the morning of the 8th of May, while his band were on their knees seeking divine favor in the approaching conflict, the report of a gun brought every man to his feet. Upon reconnoitering, a solitary Indian was discovered on a point of land about a mile from the camp. The leader immediately called his men about him, and told them that they must now quickly decide whether to fight or retreat. The men, with one accord, replied that they had not come so far in search of the enemy to beat a shameful retreat the moment he was found. Seeing his band possessed with this spirit, Lovewell then prepared for battle. The rangers threw off their knapsacks and blankets, looked to their primings, and loosened their knives and axes. The order was then given, and they moved cautiously out of their camp. Believing the enemy was in his front, Lovewell neglected to place a guard over his baggage. Instead of plunging into the woods, the Indian who had alarmed the camp stood where he was first seen until the scouts fired upon him, when he returned the fire, wounding Lovewell and one other. Ensign Wyman then leveled his musket and shot him dead. The day began thus unfortunately for the English. Lovewell was mortally wounded in the abdomen, but continued to give his orders. After clearing the woods in their front without finding any more Indians, the rangers fell back toward the spot where they had deposited their packs. This was a sandy plain, thinly covered with pines, at the northeast end of the lake. During their absence, the Indians, led by the old chief Paugus, whose name was a terror throughout the length and breadth of the English frontiers, stumbled upon the deserted encampment. Paugus counted the packs, and finding his warriors outnumbered the rangers, the wily chief placed them in ambush. He divined that the English would return from their unsuccessful scout sooner or later 
and he prepared to repeat the tactics used with such fatal effect at bloody brook and at the defeat of wadsworth this consisted in arranging his savages in a semicircle the two wings of which enveloping the rangers would expose them to a murderous cross-fire at short musket range without suspecting their danger lovewell's men fell into the fatal snare which the crafty paucus had thus spread for them hardly had they entered it when the grove blazed with a deadly volley and resounded with the yells of the indians as if confident of their prey they even left their coverts and flung themselves upon the english with a fury nothing could withstand in this onset lovewell who notwithstanding his wound bravely encouraged his men with voice and example received a second wound and fell two of his lieutenants were killed at his side but with desperate valour the rangers charged up to the muzzles of the enemy's guns killing nine and sweeping the others before them this gallant charge cost them eight killed besides their captain two more were badly wounded twenty-three men had now to maintain the conflict with the whole Sokokis tribe their situation was indeed desperate relief was impossible for they were fifty miles from the nearest english settlements their packs and provisions were in the enemy's hands and the woods swarmed with foes to conquer or die was the only alternative these devoted englishmen despaired of conquering but they prepared to die bravely ensign wyman upon whom the command devolved after the death of lovewell was his worthy successor seeing the enemy stealing upon his flanks as if to surround him he ordered his men to fall back to the shore of the lake where their right was protected by a brook and their left by a rocky point extending into the lake a few large pines stood on the beach between this manoeuvre was executed under a hot fire which still further thinned the ranks of the english the indians closed in upon them filling the air with demoniac yells whenever a victim fell assailing the whites with taunts and shaking ropes in their faces they cried out to them to yield but to the repeated demands to surrender the rangers replied only with bullets they thought of the fort and its ten defenders and hoped or rather prayed for night this hope forlorn as it seemed encouraged them to fight on and they delivered their fire with fatal precision whenever an indian showed himself the english were in a trap but the indians dared not approach within reach of the lion's claws while this long combat was proceeding one of the english went to the lake to wash his gun and on emerging at the shore descried an indian in the act of cleansing his own this indian was paugus the ranger went to work like a man who comprehends that his life depends upon a second the chief followed him in every movement both charged their guns at the same instant the englishman threw his ramrod on the sand the indian dropped his me kill you said paugus priming his weapon from his powder horn 
"'The chief lies,' retorted the undaunted ranger, striking the breech of his firelock upon the ground with such force that it primed itself. An instant later Paugus fell, shot through the heart. "'I said I should kill you,' muttered the victor, spurning the dead body of his enemy, and plunging into the thickest of the fight." Darkness closed the conflict, which had continued without cessation since ten in the morning. Little by little the shouts of the enemy grew feebler, and finally ceased. The English stood to their arms until midnight, when, convinced that the savages had abandoned the sanguinary field of battle, they began their retreat toward the fort. Only nine were unhurt, eleven were badly wounded, but were resolved to march with their comrades, though they died by the way. Three more were alive, but had received their death wounds. One of these was Lieutenant Robbins of Chelmsford. Knowing that he must be left behind, he begged his comrades to load his gun, in order that he might sell his life as dearly as possible, when the savages returned to wreak their vengeance upon the wounded. I have said that twenty-three men continued the fight after the bloody repulse in which Lovewell was killed. There were only twenty-two. The other, whose name the reader will excuse me for mentioning, fled from the field and gained the fort, where he spread the report that Lovewell was cut to pieces, himself being the sole survivor. This intelligence, striking terror, decided the little garrison to abandon the fort, which was immediately done, and in haste. This was the crowning misfortune of the expedition. The rangers now became a band of panic-stricken fugitives. After incredible hardship, less than twenty starving, emaciated, and footsore men, half of them badly wounded, straggled into the nearest English settlement. The loss of the Indians could only be guessed, but the battle led to the immediate abandonment of their village, from which so many war parties had formerly harassed the English. Paugus, the savage wolf, the implacable foe of the whites, was dead. His tribe forsook the graves of their fathers, nor rested till they had put many long leagues between them and their pursuers. End of section 58. This recording is in the public domain.